Welcome back to the What Will Fergie Do podcast. I am Olu Jimmy, and I'm joined by Mr. Francis and the man who introduced himself. <laughs> I knew you could do it. <laughs> yeah, this guy is a problem. <laughs> I was like, just watch this. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Problem, me, but boy. Ah, see, yeah, uh, what's his name? Anyways, how's everyone doing? Um, Nigerian versus Ghana is going on right now. And it's nil nil, 90 minutes. So, how's everyone's week been? Shout out to the Ghanaians on the pod. I know. Uh, we, still, uh, we still have the best jollof, but you know. El Maestro, uh, Ofeti Crack Crack Crack. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Ofeti uh, Crack Crack Crack. <laughs> We yeah. we say my Nigerian jello. <laughs> 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 Shout out to my boy, my stro, the only Ghanaian I know. Uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, oh it's so that people are not confused. El Maestro is a man of many nationalities. Um, <laughs> I do have some Ghana blood in me, but don't get it twisted. I'll let you guys figure out all the other nationalities. I'm like my friend Nico that's part Scottish and nobody can figure out the lineage on that one. Oh, you used to say, wasn't it Miko that said he was Scottish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no lie oh li- we did here back in the day, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> my guy said I'm Scottish. Score what? <laughs> Mama sad, you know. And, and then, and then you're like, "Can you show us proof?" He you now says, "Can't you see my hair?" I'm like, <laughs> "There's nothing on your hair." Yo, yo, this is yo. Y'all can't tell niggas nothing. Want to stop braiding your hair? Like, my guy, my guy said, "Can't you see my hair?" I'm like, guy. <laughs> oh, oh wow. yo, no. Yo, it was it was fun times, man, in our youth. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, today's podcast, um, we are focusing more on our managerial search. I know we've been linked to the likes of Ten Hag, Poch, and uh, Luis Enrique. But um, I think earlier this week, there was news that we had actually met with um, Poch. And in some instances, I've seen that this is a done deal, which... I think that's just more of United just wanting to be in the news. You mean with Porsche or with Ten Hag? Sorry? You mean with Porch or with Ten Hag? Because you said Porch. Oh, no, with Ten Hag. That's, yeah. Okay. That we've actually met with Ten Hag, and that's a done deal, but I don't trust United at this point. I think they would just say anything to keep their names in the news. So, But anyways, we can, since we've met with Ten Hag, we can focus on Ten Hag right now and see how if he comes in, what he can do with the squad we currently have. But um, I'll start with you, El Maestro. Like, what are your thoughts on um, Ten Hag, if that's who we're actually getting? Yeah, I've been doing a deep dive into... <laughs> um, in preparation for this, you know, El Maestro. <laughs> you guys... Talk about extraordinaire so you know i had to i had to do some base work i was actually not all jokes aside i was actually this is the first time i've actually i i looked at uh ten hag and what he would offer um i don't know i feel like on the one hand he has a descendable style of play Right, but we also say that about Ralph, right? I was going to say, yeah, let's be careful about discerning plays nowadays because we stay, but I think especially time, right? Because part of the problem that Ralph had is one, he came in in the middle of the season, and two, <laughs> uh, which means he wasn't, he, he didn't have enough time to start like trying to train a system. You know, he actually looked better in our first game than we've looked at almost any other point since then. So I think. That that also counts. So you know, maybe a preseason, and then at least a season or two. Because 
part of the problem is we keep hearing that we are two years away, we are three years away. Like the way people just keep saying two, three years away, like when Mo was there, they said this team is two, this team two, three years away, a few five, five signings away. It's like three years now and six, seven signings later and still the same issue. So whoever we're, comes we're two in... two years from being two years away. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best assessment. <laughs> whoever comes in, I think if it's a good manager... I feel like should be able to hit the ground running. Maybe not like challenging for things, but we should see the impact of their management fairly quickly. And that's what I'm looking for with this. So in watching him at Ajax and just like looking at his history, you know, he started with like a non-league club, then Bayern offered him a job as a uh, reserve team, as the reserve team manager while Pep was there. So even he he was saying that he's very inf- heavily influenced by that time that he spent learning from Pep, he gets a job in Holland with FC Utrecht. Um, and then he gets them up the top of the table, like they qualify for Europe, Europa Cup, and then he goes to Ajax. You know, when he gets to Ajax, he gets Ajax into Champions League semi-final, and I think in his second season. And that was a totally different team from this team now. Like that team had um, the young, it had the, the defender and Juventus. I forget that guy's name now. Um, uh, the legs yeah. it had that guy that's at Chelsea winger. I forget that one's name too now. ZH, uh, it had our boy DVP Donny van der Beek. So, pretty different team. And then, when you even watch the style of play, it was a little bit different from the style of play with this team that he currently has. Um, I've actually watched a little more. Like I watch I like the big games Ajax Fernoid. Uh, I watch Ajax. I watch Ajax PSV uh, because here in Nigeria they show they show the Eredivisie on TV and they show the highlights as well. So you get you can watch it if you want. So um, they seem to dominate and and in watching and just kind of watching the way that they play, I think there are aspects to his style of play that would be good for us in terms of um, some of the. Players that we have now we'll probably still need to get at least one more winger so I think we'll probably end up getting someone like Anthony from Ajax or maybe somebody like Rafinha from Leeds I think Rafinha would probably be actually because he would be left-footed and I don't know if we have any left-footed wingers in our squad Uh, but that's one of the features of his game now I think we have Rashford we have Sancho we have uh, young like Ahmad uh Oh. Forgetting Greenwood, Greenwood so soon. I was wow. thinking about, but but I also think Greenwood would be a striker when he comes back. Um, we we have if this Argentinian boy. Have you guys? Uh, sorry, if he comes back, we have this Argentinian boy that is in the reserves that has been playing well. I forget his name now. I w- I put it in in one of our group chats. I'll see if I can pick it up. Um, he got called up to the senior team, even though he hasn't started for us. And then I was trying to look at some of his stats and he looks like he might be good like our reserve team actually looks pretty defense like we have some young boys that are coming that are going to be good but sorry i digress uh ten hag i think we're not talking about pochettino today we're just talking about ten hag yeah i, I think ten hag has he's still a risk Right, um, he's had some good PR, but I think he's still a, a risk in terms of you know the cancer that can be united as well. And not playing, not having played in English football, I wonder if he'll be given the time, if he'll be given the support. I think we're in such a bad spot, you know, and we have been, but you know, after the debacle with Ole with Richard Arnold taking over, with um, Ralph going upstairs. You know, all of those things, I think they will support him. Of all the managers that Ralph has talked about, in fact, not of all the managers, just in terms of the managerial search, the only person that Ralph has named by, that has called by name is is, is Ten Hag. So I think he has a, a good shot at the, at the job. And the interview that he did this week, you know, speaks to, to that level of interest. I, I, I think if we get him, I'm excited about the style of play that he'll bring. Um, we can talk about some of the players that we have now and how they would fit in, but um, based on based on you know my my research and my deep dive, um, I think 
wouldn't be he wouldn't be a I'll, bad choice. <laughs> I'll come back to you in a second because, like you said, you for us that who are uninitiated on on how he plays, uh, maybe I just just want to touch on what you mean by like his style of play, like what you see him bringing. But Francis, I'll I'll come to you um, next. Um, do you agree? Like, let's just say like Ten Hag is the man I would choose. Like, what do you think he brings to the team? Like, how? How do you see that being implemented into the squad that we have right now? Uh, I think before I even start talking about what he bring to the team, I just don't want United fans to get carried away. Um, <laughs> ex- experience, experience. Sir? No, I just didn't. I think he was. He was just oh. laughing. He was just. Laughing. Oh no! I think experience has told us. Um, a few things about managers coming into United and how exciting it can be at the beginning and how it can quickly turn to shit. Um, if, if, if experience hasn't told you anything by now, we've had, what, four or five managers and we're about to get the sixth one in the space of 10 years. So, uh, again, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and the funny thing, or the, I guess the, the surprising thing is these managers, when they came to United, they were... Um, Full of hope. Actually, well, I, <laughs> yeah, they, they they came in with this, you know, huge aura and um, history of they've won in the past and they've done this, they've done that. But the one thing that I would say is most of these managers were actually on at the decline at that point in time, mm-hmm. or they weren't they weren't really chased by anyone else. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, look at David Moyes for example. He had done something with Everton. But no one really knew what his pedigree was, so I think that one was maybe moving up, fa- moving up too fast. I think that was David Moyes' problem. LVG had carried Netherlands yeah. to a World Cup, but I don't know if you can compare a World Cup manager to a Premier League manager. You know, it's it's it, World, World Cup. Cup they didn't win, by the way. Yeah, they didn't win, but they were they were an excited. To be honest, from a neutral point of view, they were an exciting team. Were they really because excited in hindsight? Yeah, and I think the thing that sparked I think they played the was, was you remember the RVP's goal? goal. That goal, yeah, he, that header. Yeah, that, that goal and a lot of fans. Goal. Not even the Memphis goal, they beat Spain like 5 yep. 2 or something. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, yeah. Ah. where they were yeah, countering them, anyhow. So, and then they went on this run where they didn't lose any game till like maybe quarters or something like that. So he came off that hype of I am the one, you know, and he made a substitution with a goalie and the goalie said the penalty. So everyone is like, hmm, this guy might know what he's doing, you know what I mean? <laughs> so United, you know, United they, they don't they don't they don't use their eye to see free stuff. They jumped on Bangal <laughs> immediately. You know and then Bangal came, did the spin left. The next was who Moreno and to be honest, Mourinho was on the decline at that point. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I, I said it even in Chelsea after he had his issue with the, the female medical staff. From then on, I knew Mourinho's head was was touching. You know, yeah. I think I remember on, you say. I think I remember you saying that he has been cursed by that. I, one. I, yeah, I, I said it back <laughs> then that he was cursed, <laughs> and and since then his career has always been on decline. But guess what? United did. They gave him a three-year contract. So. This now, this with what well, I guess with saying this, um, if we're getting Ten Hag now, we're getting Ten Hag when he is up and coming, not when he is at his peak on the way down. Yeah, or again, I'm going to add the word that I am assuming that he's not at his peak because you never know. United is a different beast, <laughs> United. <laughs> Like you, mind you, can sign Ten Hag now, and this nigga would grow an afro because United changes you <laughs> as a human being. <laughs> like you know, Ten Hag in twenty, um, not Ten Hag, Ralph Ragnick in twenty nineteen was sitting down in polo tees, wearing his glasses, drawing <laughs> frames across his forehead, saying, "Paint picture, paint picture." Now you're here, Picasso. Paint the picture. You can't do shit. <laughs> you don't even know you're starting at level. So United does that kind of thing to you. And I hope, I hope that you know if we're getting Ten Hag, who is you know my you know favorite coach at this point in time, um, 
forgetting him, we're getting him where he's still about to be ripe. Pause. And, um, <laughs> and you know, ready, ready to be plucked. So he is coming to United. <laughs> he's coming, he's coming to United fresh and hungry. Now, oh, that, man. That, that aside, <laughs> that aside, talking about, you know, Ten Hag and what he has, what he can bring, um, everyone kind of knows what he has done with Ajax teams in the past three, four years. And it's not just what he has done with them, what he has done with um, um, rebuilding two different, completely different sides, but then they are playing and competing in, in almost the same level. Um, he, as Larry mentioned, he did it with the previous team that went to, I think it was the semis with Tottenham. And then he yeah. did it again with this team who is on top of the, currently on top of the table, got knocked out in round of 16 in the Champions League, but they are competing. Uh, because if you if you if you reference what Ajax had done prior to him coming, you you didn't even see them in Champions League. They were not competing for titles. They were not in the Champions League. They were not winning any cups. But in the past three four years, he has won like three four whatever, right? Um, and he brings that modern style, that style of play that you can enjoy. You know, like mm-hmm. United of these days is. If we are not winning the game, we are not really enjoying what you are watching on the field. So even when we are winning, yeah. But the, the the good part to it is if we are winning, it's something we can hang on to. Oh, we can talk about oh how we won and how we did that, and how we did that. But with Ten Hag, I'm hoping what he can bring is that style of play where we know that each day we are enjoying what we are watching, regardless of who is starting, regardless of who's playing. We know what is going to happen. We know that we're going to create chances. We know that the players will be on form and, you know, ready for it, that kind of thing. And I'm hoping that's... I've watched the Ajax team and they are a joy to watch from start to finish. And these players are not really um, expensive players or top quality players per se. I think he, what he's known for is... Or Ajax are known for the build... Um, the young players, and then they end up selling them for a remarkable amount of money. So I'm hoping he can do that with you know our young guns and potentially add some quality players in the mix and and make it happen. Um, but no, from a style of play perspective, um, it, it's that Pep-ish with a little bit of German in it, with the pressing and the tiki-taka, because he has experience from both um, um, Pep working with him in, in Bayern Munich, and then also learning the German style, you know, over his experience there. So um, let's not get carried away again. I'll keep saying it, but I'm just looking forward to enjoying United just play again. That's that's just to, for Ten Hag. To play devil's advocate, because I feel like we said this exact same thing about Ralph, Ralph coming, and granted, like, Ralph didn't have preseason and all that. And you talked about what, to me, I think what works for Tenag in Ajax is what you mentioned, is that he doesn't have the high-profile players. So he has young players who would actually listen to him. So I guess my question is, like, even if he comes and we don't get rid of some of these players, like, how do you think that is going to work? Especially with Ralph or with... My, my guess is that we're going to keep Ronaldo for next season too, right? Mm-hmm. And we're he, going to keep... I think you'll be guessing correct. Sorry? I, th- I think you'd be guessing correct. Yeah, so because my, I think the issue we, we've had with managers is because we have these high-profile players where you can't really tell them nothing. Either that or I think, for me, I think they, they, it comes from above saying you have to play this guy. So how is that going to work if we're going to get a new coach who has his own style and then we have some hindrance with some of these players because they don't want to do the work? Um, let's, let's get something straight, actually. Ralph Ragnick. <laughs> Has done a very good job. <laughs> he has done a very good job at deceiving a lot of people. <laughs> and I applaud him for that. If we take it a step back and actually do our background check, mm-hmm. when last did Ralph Ragnick coach a club? Wait, hold okay, on. Okay, I, th- I think we're focusing on. on the wrong part. Yeah, like, no, let's, no, no, let's, yeah, look, yeah. let's talk think, about Ralph. Wait, hold on. I, I think that's a little bit unfair because... No, no, no. no. It's, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this, though. Okay, all right. Finish, finish, okay. finish. You, you, it's, you it's guys been a while. Question. It's been a while. It's right? been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. So, yes. Ralph came with this vision 
about yes. whatnot, something we've never heard before. And it is new to us and exciting. So everyone jumped on the wave. But no one really actually asked the question, when last did this guy coach? What clubs did he coach? Where did he take them to? That kind of thing. Now he's in United. He's doing the best that he can with the qualities that he has. And I'm not saying he's a shitty guy or whatnot. I'm just saying the guy is doing what he can with what he has. And that this is where we are. You know what I mean? If you now relate what he has to United, that's where I'm hoping that United can um, change their mentality into being football-focused and providing the manager with the tools and necessary things that he requires to meet the goals. You know what I mean? And if they are all aligned with the same goals, I'm sure United has um, even the resources to be able to compete at some point in time. I won't say it's in two years or in three years or four years, but that consistency, I believe, will help um, United. No, and that's a fair, but that doesn't really answer the question I have. Like, we still have these old guys. I would say old, like these guys who are veterans and who feel like they know better sometimes, right? Like like you said, Ten Hag has been... Yeah, but I think, I think it's it's tougher when you... I, I think that's where preseason really helps because preseason is part of where you start setting the expectation. And preseason is where you start seeing the people that you are losing and the people that are going to be on your side, right? Like, if Ralph came in and he had his own coaching staff, let's even imagine he wasn't, um, like, he, he didn't turn out to be a decent manager. At least if he's playing his style and they're training it every day. On the training pitch, you can get a sense for who's going to do well, who's actually buying in. When you're explaining things, who's... You know who's who's looking like they are disinterested. You know all those kind of things. Like those are the kind of things that end up. You know who do I need one on one time with? Okay, I try to talk to this guy. Okay, now nah, I benched him. Now nah, he's sad. Uh, he's gone to his agent. Okay, we get rid of him. I think <clears throat> part of what Francis said is going to be what makes the difference. Is there has to be a shift in the emphasis from, you know, commercial and all these other things to football. And I think. Some of that is beginning to happen. Like, I think the appointment of Ralph is a football hire. Having John Mota there, having Darren Fletcher, although we don't know what their roles are exactly, it's also a football hire. Um, with the transition from Ole, because we didn't talk about Ole when we are talking about the managers who were on the up and up. From the transition <laughs> from Ole, where we just wanted to keep the ship steady, it looks like, or sounds like, there's a little more ambition with this hire. I feel like this is the first hire, and again, because Richard Arnold is coming in, this is the first hire where they are not going to look for an old head and they're going to look for somebody new who's going to have some fresh ideas. Word on the street is that the players themselves want Pochettino. I think I heard Rio Ferdinand or somebody saying this, uh, that this is what he had heard. I forget who it was now. Uh, And, you know, I'll say to that, make of that what you will. In terms of um, in terms of you know Ten Hag and I think the pros for him, uh, you know Francis said these players are not high profile. I kind of disagree a little bit, right? Some of his signings have been really good. Like you look at Tadic, for example. Tadic has been one of the best players I've seen, especially in Champions League in the last like mm-hmm. three. He's yeah. been super super yeah, consistent. But he's, he's not a high profile signing though. No, but. Yeah, but you're saying like there's a, an element of making him better, right? Like one no, thing for is sure. no, 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 no. But I mean, what I mean yeah. is, I, I, I ask, they don't, they don't buy a forty or fifty million pound player. They don't sign. Yeah, but, but at that level, you are mm-hmm. also still dealing with, uh, like, so yeah, in Holland, right? You make a name for yourself in Europe, and then now you've come out of that space. But it's not like before you blow in Europe, you are not going to blow in Holland. You know what I mean? Like, when he walks into Ajax on the first day and he's with Donny van der Beek and De Ligt and De Jong, those are big players, right? Like, no. at the Ajax level. At the Ajax level. Because those are players that end up getting sold for 80 million. You yeah, know, but, in, in... But, but, but that's, that's, that's credit to the manager making them that, not the other way around. Because Ajax have always existed and they... In the past five, ten years, they haven't really produced any player that has gone for 
remarkable amount of money till Ten Hag came. Mm, so, I so don't they, know if I would go that far. Like, we got Daily Blind, for example. Yeah, right? Yeah, Daily Blind was 13 million by from my from Ajax to my you because of yeah, this connection. My point is with... not just about the money, it's about the status. Like, if we sold Ronaldo today, we're not getting money for him. But it's about the status. Like, how do people in Holland look at him? How do people in England look at him? Like, the pressure of managing Ajax is not the same as the pressure of managing United. But if that's your first big job, there's still a lot of pressure in Holland to be able to make that work. Because that's the... Maybe at that time... And they were not the best team, but that was that was the biggest... That is the biggest team in Holland. And you have all these young players that are coming to and you are tasked with making them better. I get what you guys are saying as far as, like, the pressures. But, again, Ronaldo is one season. Pogba is probably going to leave. Um, I don't know who's on this team that he really has to worry about in terms of, if I don't have this player, I'm lost. Like, I, I think, for example, with Rashford, I think Rashford is exactly the kind of player that he would be able to help. And where I get to the point with Rashford, where if we can't help him, I mean, Rashford said he's considering his, his future. He wasn't in the current England squad. I don't know if you heard what Gareth Southgate was talking. That that only... That only... Uh, only um, What's I think he I'm said the Clone. other players were in form or something like that. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, so they asked him, the question, if I remember correctly, was a question of kind of like Rashford didn't get selected, but Harry Maguire got selected, something like that, right? And so he's making the justification as uh, far as why, uh, okay. right? Like okay. Maguire telling the team, like, oh, Maguire has been selected, da 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 There are other players, like other people that should be getting selected for England from a defensive standpoint anyway, that like people like Fikayo Tamori, for example, that have been very good. Like there are people that should be actually getting selected that are not, even if it's just to say, okay, let's see what he looks like, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, I digress again. I think people like Rashford are the kind of people that he will actually help. And I, I feel like, especially with the fans, which is where a lot of the decision-making ends up, like a lot of the um, decision makers in United end up looking to appease. I feel like we are at a point where if we sold Rashford, there's not going to be an uproar. In fact, if we sold anybody, there's not going to be an uproar. So I, I don't think any manager that comes, I think the danger is that he can lose the locker room. But any one individual player, I think it's going to be very hard. Uh, except yeah, like, you know, I, I feel like if you lose the whole locker room, then maybe you're not the manager you think anyway. If you lose one player here, one player there, I don't think um, that's going to be, that's going to determine whether or not, you know, you're successful as a manager for United or, or not. And I think we're at the point where the players that we have, either you're hungry to win or you want to leave. If you're looking for an exit strategy, everybody can go. Legit, everybody can go. And I feel like if you talk to a lot of United fans, Nobody is there thinking to myself, oh, this guy is untouchable. Oh, this guy, we can't lose. No, everybody can be lost now. And I don't know if maybe this is just me thinking this way, but I feel like we, we've gone through the wilderness long enough. The excitement that we're talking about in hiring a new young coach, that comes with the excitement of a change. Like we want a change in style and accountability because when you have a style, again, you know how to hold the players accountable. And even the players themselves, it builds more consistency because you know what your task is. You know what the expectation for you is. It's not, oh, you need to be able to do everything. No, it's like when this guy moves here, you, you move here. When they are in defensive transitions, this is what you're expected to do. So all that like lack of communication that we see on the pitch where um, Maguire is trying to cover for two people or Lindelof is trying to cover for another person or Delo or all of that presumably should not be happening anymore. Okay. Yeah, let's anyways, let's let's move on because you said you did deep dive. Um what do you what do you think Ten Hag style is like? What do you what kind of formation do you see him playing with us or stuff like that? So if you want to just enlighten us the yeah, I, I don't have my I, I don't have my whiteboard here, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you do know this is an audio the, audio format, right? That, so but that's what I'm saying is that I don't have my whiteboard in front of me, unfortunately. Maybe I'll put up something on our Instagram page that you guys can can look at. But um, <laughs> no, what? So he plays four two three one, but it it also looks like a four uh, four three three, and there are lots of interesting things. So in terms of what they try to do, they try to play quick short passes overload one side and get the ball into the box as quickly as possible. So they want to overload, say, for example, the left, the purpose of this um, conversation, you want to overload the left-hand side. So you have, what you try to do is create um, a numbers mismatch on that side. So maybe you will have one midfielder, one defender, one winger on that side versus a winger for the other team and the defender, and you have a three-on-two. And so... Eventually, what you're trying to do is get the ball into the box as quickly as possible using that mismatch that you have with three people. So by the time the ball gets into the box, what you're looking for is to have more people on your team versus the opposition in the box. And then, um, you know, in terms of the the kind of people that we have, you know, he has um, inverted fullbacks. So you'll have like, you know, when we're in attacking, tra- when he's in attacking transitions, you'll have maybe the right back that will come into the center area and then the defense becomes three. So, okay, so you start with four defenders. You have a fullback that pushes up. The fullback yeah. on the other side then comes into a little more centrally. The defenders oh, okay. start playing to make up. three. Yeah, to make up. So imagine like playing Lindelof as a right back so when, uh, say, Tellers moves forward, Lindelof then comes and it's, it looks like a three. So that when if you lose the ball and the uh, you are now like in defense, you can transition back into defense and you have presumably three central midfielders, central defenders that can kind of cover. Um, in midfield, again, it's four two three one, but it's it's kind of a hybrid between four two three and four two three one. So somebody like uh, Bruno Fernandez presumably would be able to play. He would also be tasked with playing in midfield, especially when it's defensive transitions. It's more, again, of a, uh, he's more likely to fall back into a three in midfield. Uh, Francis had already highlighted the fact that he press. So part of his game is really about pressing, especially when you lose the ball, right? So if you have the ball, you're trying to create that overload and quickly transition into attack create uh, mismatches in the box in terms of having more numbers than than um, having more numbers than the opposition. But then when you lose the ball, they swarm whoever it is that has the ball. So if, if they lose the ball on the right wing, then say, and it's in an, an attacking position, then maybe there's like a central midfielder, there, there's a right winger there. They all swarm towards the ball. And if they don't get the ball, in say the first two or three passes, then they fall back again into a, into a defensive block. So in terms of like watching some of um, you know like in terms of like the style of play itself, I think what I like is you know especially when you look at his growth as a manager, you see a a a, a change from when he first gets into the Ajax team. And he has people like Johnny Van der Beek and ZH. And you see how that that style evolved into the style that he has now. And I think in terms of looking at him, that's the thing that that I was happiest about. Is that he wasn't he isn't the type of manager that started with one style and was never able to adapt to it. So as people started figuring out that style, he was able to also adapt his own system and then also be able to take into consideration the players that are coming through. So as he was losing players, he started like, okay, these are the new players I have. What system can I use that still keeps the principles of pressing but adds new wrinkles and new elements? And so that's why I think is going to be very beneficial for him is that when he walks into this team, there will be an imbalance. Like we need central midfielders. Pogba is going to go, but even if Pogba stays... We need better quality midfielders that can play. Like, I never want to see Scott and Fred playing together, 
right? Like, I don't think they should be sold, but I feel like they should be the third man in a midfield, and it's one or the other. You know, I do not think... Scott, for sure, for me, anyway, I don't think he's good enough to play, you know, in a team where we don't have two already excellent midfielders that can do ball retention and, and other things like that. You know, he's a jack-of-all-trades, and he's really not... Like, he's mediocre at most things. He's not a good tackler. He's not a good passer. He doesn't advance the ball. He has energy and he runs around. But even then, you know, like, you look at some of the games that we've had recently, like, he will leave his position to go and try to tackle, but he doesn't win the ball. And then that opens spaces for transition, especially if it's a good team. Those are things that kill us, right? So, for me, I feel like Ten Hag can come in buy some players in key positions. Like, for his, for his style of play, we're probably going to have to get another, um, maybe right back, except he wants to focus on the left back. You know, there might be some positions where we're definitely going to have to get a new striker, I'd say at least one winger, and two midfielders. So, how many of those things can he actually get? And if we can't get that, oh, shit, I forgot about Ilanga. Damn. Yeah. No, no, I, I think I think there will be time for us to talk about how once I guess he guest announced how that fits into our team and, and the players we, we think are gonna leave or the players we think are gonna stay. Um but we can uh, take a quick break right now and come back and talk about um Paul Pogba. He always he always feels like anytime he leaves for international break, he has something to say. And I feel like there are a couple of people on this pod here who has some things to get off their chest about Pogba. <laughs> We'll be right back. Um, Paul Pogba, one of our highest players, who I think his contract is up at the end of the season. Um, and I think he's going to leave anyways. But he always seems like every time he goes on international breaks, he has something to say about United. Things that he never actually says when he's actually <laughs> playing um, at United. There's something about him going to play with his France teammates, like he alluded to, that he enjoys which is fine. Um, but I'll just give you some of the quotes here that he said, and then we can discuss and you know, give our thoughts on what we think. Um, the first one was, you have to be honest, the last five seasons have not satisfied me, really not, not at all. This year, is, it is dead. We won't win anything, which is facts. Whether it is with Manchester United or another club, I want to win trophies. I think we all want United to win trophies. Uh, and then he continues to say, it's simple with France. I play and I play in my position. I know my role and I feel the confidence of the coach and the players. Um, so, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on um, on Pogba? Um, I guess, Larry, you can go first. And the things Larry, he has I like said, go first. I've been going first yeah. the whole time. Then, uh, yeah, t- to be honest with you, I have absolutely nothing to say about Pogba. <laughs> all, I'm just, all I'm going to say is where he will feel my wrath is at the end of the season. <laughs> If he's given a new contract, that's where I'm going. I'm going to like, <laughs> so like so all you... these things he's saying, like, you know, when you're about to fight a son and you know you beat the person, but the person keeps talking, talking, but he's backing you and he's just, he keeps going forward, keep walk, walking away from you. Pogba can just be talking the trash he's talking, but just be walking away from us, just be going. <laughs> I'm done with you, you are done with us. It's not you, it's us. We are the issue. We didn't give you a title. We wasted your six years that you can never get back. We're sorry. We'll make sure we send you a card. Uh, just go, bro. Just go. Because every time he goes on international duty, it seems like he, he always buys a mic and calls for his own press conference and goes off on a tangent. You're a real bitch, by the way, because you can't say it in England. It's when you go to France that you now say it, and then you come back and be forming is a is a it was lost in translation. Just just go, man. Just I'm tired of Pogba. You can go. <laughs> do you, do you think there's anything again? Whoever wants to take this, do you think there's anything to the fact that he said that I don't know my position? And if we actually watch him play, it looks like he doesn't know what he's, he's supposed to do out there on the field. Do you think there's any truth to that? Man, or... they've, they've tried Pogba, left wing, centre midfield. Like, if why does Bruno Fernandes not know his position? 
why does uh, uh, Luke Shaw not know their position or Cristiano Ronaldo? Why is he you? You know, that's what happens when you're you a, you a, what's it called? Um, how was that thing again that ends with Master of None? Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, master of none. He can do everything in midfield, but he's not. He, he's he's not nailed down to one position. Like I beg, if Pogba was, if, if the guy said it was correct, like every every season we're always talking about, we need to we need to buy somebody to unlock 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 Pogba. Are you a, are you a chest? <laughs> like, come on, yeah. <laughs> over, over to you, Maestro. <laughs> That's a lot to say for absolutely nothing to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, it's, it's nothing new now. You guys already, you know where I started with this guy. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with a lot of the sentiment that Francis had. For me, I, I understand. Um, yeah, some of the logic behind the behavior doesn't make sense to me, right? If you're a player, even if you feel marginalized or you feel like the or the, the, uh, the fans are not on your side and all these things, you, you want to talk about depression, that's fine. But I feel like, you know, there are ways that you can go about it where you can communicate effectively and in a way that you probably never get full sympathy from everybody, but... Every time he goes away to France, it's like he has something to say. Like, you know, let's prioritize safe spaces in 2022 by all means. But goddamn, man. Like, international break comes, you just know what's going to happen. I'm surprised they didn't ask him about Madrid. Oh, wait. They asked him about PSG. What am I saying? You know, it's always fun to play with your international teammates, Mbappe. Meanwhile, Mbappe is probably not going to be at PSG. But, you know, I just think we're coming to the end of the relationship. You can talk about Deschamps, and maybe there's been some of this where because of the problems in the team, you know, I, I do think he wants to win. Um, and I think he needs a system. Again, like when we come back to, you know, people that need to be have a system so that everybody can be held accountable. I feel like he's one of those where freestyles does not help him because then he can't be accountable for some of his mistakes on the pitch. And part of what the system helps you with is that you get better the more you do it. So, you know, it's like it's like having a job, working with a software, whatever it is, like you begin to figure out more and more on a daily basis the more that you are in that position or you are using that thing. So, you know, at this point, I don't want us to resign him, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I think... Resign. Yeah, like you know, I think there's there's still a chance. There's a contract offer on the table, right? And and not many teams are going to give him as much money as United. Like this summer is going to be crazy. There are going to be so many free agents, and there are going to be so many people that are left um holding the back, like without a without you know options. Like Lewandowski is saying, give me a new contract or else. Meanwhile, I don't think. United will be in the running for Lewandowski if he leaves Bayern Munich, but maybe that's a quote for a different day. I feel like nah. that would be a perfect signing. Nah. Perfect signing. Yes, he's old, but Lewandowski is still a beast, man. Still a beast. I was just going to say, and but we played... said Ronaldo, we said that about Ronaldo, by the way. Yeah, but I think Lewandowski is different because Ronaldo was a winger that was converted into a striker. Lewandowski is the oh, striker that has actually shit. played. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish my point. Lewandowski <laughs> has played in different systems, right? Like he played under Pape, for example. So in terms of like that pressing style, he's not unfamiliar with it. Ronaldo has never played in a pressing system. And he's 37. I don't know how old Lewandowski is, but Lewandowski is probably at best, maybe like 32, 33. You know, so there's a difference. Like, I don't... Again, you guys let me know what you, you think. Lewandowski should have won Ballon d'Or the last two years. So we're not talking about somebody that is washed. And if we're talking about immediate impact, like to me, it's either you get Harry Kane or you get Lewandowski. So for me, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that at all because there's no young player on the market 
there's no even like coming into his peak player in the market that like I think makes sense for us at all. No hurricane. Sorry, Hurricane would be the only other one that I would look at, but I don't think he would come to United if it came down to selecting a team. And you can make the same arguments about Lewandowski as well. So, you know, I, I don't know how things shape up, but there's Haaland, there's Lewandowski, there's, you know, there's going to there's Mbappe. You know, there's a bunch of people that are going to be on the market and a lot of them are going to be on the free as well. So there's a chance that Papa doesn't get the deal that he wants because everybody else has signed, you know, all these people. There's Salah that hasn't been able to agree a contract with Liverpool and will be coming into the last year of his current contract. So they're going to Rudiger. be Rudiger. There's going to be a lot of madness in, in the market. And I think it's still an option for him to come back to United only from a money perspective, right? I, I don't think there are four clubs in the world that can pick Pogba or maybe five. You know, I think Chelsea is a dark horse if they can sell the club or if the restrictions come off. PSG, Madrid, United. I don't know if there's another team that would be in the running. I don't see Liverpool. I don't know about Man City. I wouldn't write it off if they lose a player, but I don't think they're going to lose a player. So, um, anyway, long talk. I think we're coming to the end of our relationship with Pogba. It's been such a shame because if you remember, I don't know if you guys remember when we were about to sign him, that, you know, he was in the States. He was in like a... They, we were getting like daily updates on pictures. He would, you know, change the color of his hair to red. They milked the shit. Like he was in ads for Adidas. And those ads were like featuring United as well. Like everybody was speculating. Mino was there. I think even Lukaku was there for a little bit or something. You know, it was it was such an exciting time. That was Mourinho's that was, first season. That's, that was before the... before we got tired of United social media. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the beginning of social media craze. You know, that was Mourinho's first season. <laughs> we had signed Bayi. We signed somebody else, and we were like, "This is the change. This is this is the beginning of the beginning." You know, and you know, you look at how many years have oh, we been fighting? Zlatan, yes. Great times. I mean, we won an Europa Cup and, and we thought... And to you know, be we're fair, like, yeah, here. like, and we were second, we pushed to City. Yeah, and like, we won, I think we that was won, the closest. We won, uh, Kalin Cup too. Kalin Cup too, yes. Yeah, and we also we came second the next season, right? It wasn't the next season we came second. Yeah, after we yeah, signed yeah. Lukaku. Yeah, so yeah. like... So Mkhitaryan Mik- and uh, uh, who else? Who else did we uh, buy? Mkhitaryan, Lukaku... And Lindelof, Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof. Yeah. Ah, Mosha. Ah. Bro, <laughs> man. Good times, eh? <laughs> well, look, Better look times. Us, look, I would say good. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> look at, looking fondly on the Moreno era. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you're in trouble. Oh but you know, that... Oh you think about Pogba, like, we got Pogba, everybody was calling him a young up-and-coming. Now he's 28, 29 as a footballer. You're getting into the, the best years of a career. I don't see it in him. So, you know, I'm ready for a, a, less, a lesser name, to be honest. Like, get him out. Not get him out, but, like, he's going get to... Get him be... out! Get him out! <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get him out. Good riddance. Yeah, he's, he's going to leave. And then, you know, I look forward to having a midfielder that can play but doesn't have a brand. Yeah, yeah, you know, there and there are a lot of midfielders on the market. Like, you know, I don't want to... We'll have a segment where we go through people, but Kevin Phillips, Declan Rice, Ruben Neves, Chuchan Meni, I hope I'm saying his name right, the guy in Monaco, Kamara. Like, there are actually a lot. There are a few guys in RB, uh, Leipzig, um, there are a decent number of midfielders that we can get into this team that are technical, can play Telemans, you know, that, that will be able to, again, be able to figure out what their role is on our team where you're not six years in and you're still trying to figure out your role. So even the guy that plays for Ajax, um, he's actually like a Pogba lookalike. Not physically, not officially, I mean physically. Um, Gra- Graven. Graven something. Yeah, that guy too. So I think there'll be a few options for us in that sense. Um, and we, 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 we don't have to deal with Mino. I don't think we have any Mino players in our team anymore. 
you know, we don't have to deal with Mino, we don't have to deal with Pogba. And, you know, I, I can't wait for I can't wait for happy days. No, yeah, you guys, you guys are all right. Um, again, we will have enough time to talk about the players on the team and how they fit with whatever whoever we sign as a coach. Um, I think when does international break end actually? Uh, April second. Yeah, yeah. So before, next week before maybe. that, I think our game is April second. So yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh, okay. I was gonna say yeah. Because so we'll, I think probably... there's a the second leg for some of these games, like the African qualifiers. I think it's two yeah. legs. So no, yeah. So because I, because I that, that the Nigerian game ended zero zero and it didn't go to over uh, like extra time. So I think there's a second leg for that game. Yeah. So, was that game in Nigeria or in Ghana? Um, it was in Ghana. Oh, Francis, are you going to bless us with some more tree? Some more what? Tree. <laughs> I don't think you understood what it said the first time. Fee, 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 Fiona. Fiona. <laughs> 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 shout out to my Ghanaian brothers, man. Uh, we're, we're appreciating all the Guardian fans that we have and everybody else. Um, like I said, we'll come, we'll bring another part to you before our next game. So, um, in that to that end, thank you for listening to us. Uh, please give us a follow on socials at what will Fergie do on Twitter and Instagram. Also, rate review us five stars only, anything less than five stars. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> I feel like they're gonna hit us <laughs> for this. <laughs> nah, I, I, they're gonna hate y'all. <laughs> Yo, whoa, I thought we were a group. <laughs> my guys, like, shout out to my home. shout out to my guy Sakodi Institution. <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Anyways, um, you can also actually now read us on Spotify. So if you listen to us on Spotify, same thing applies. Five stars only. Anything less, keep it to yourself. And we'll talk to you guys in about a week. Thank you.